Welcome to the GBC Big 3 Podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions from the Sunday Sermon, raised by our PM congregation. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and today we have joining us for the very first time on the Big 3, Roxanne Lawler. Roxy, welcome to the Big 3. Tell our listeners a little about yourself. Who is Roxy Lawler? What's your story? What makes you tick? What makes me tick? I'm not on TikTok. Does that count? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I work with you, Matt. I'm Children's Ministry Coordinator here at Gummy Baptist Church. Yeah, uh, I've got like three kids and a husband and a full life. You, yes, I'll take that. That was great. Well, <laughs> we're stoked to have you with us today. Um, this episode is an episode of first because today is Mark Coleman's first time shifting seats from being co-host to being the preacher. Mark, your message on Sunday solidified for me something that I've believed for a long time now, which is that you are the Christian version of comedian Jack Whitehall. And I say that not because you're both British or because I truly do believe that he is your celebrity doppelganger, but because you both have the capacity to get me in stitches and Sunday was no exception. How do you feel coming out of Sunday Sermon? Wow. That's the best introduction to me I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I felt good. I think it was good. It was a real, I think, a timely message, great opportunity mm. to speak on that. And I really did enjoy it. So Yeah, well, it was a cracker. This week, Mark spoke on our new value of being others-focused as part of our series called The Crux of Community. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But today, as always, we'll be looking at the three big questions submitted through Slido at our evening service. So I think it's time to get into the big three. Well, Mark, your message ultimately on Sunday was a call for us as God's people to be more others focused. And I think we can all agree that that is a great value. But even you shared about how we can still have this self-focused, even at times selfish um, motivation in our lives. I mean, we don't have to look far. You just have to look at the supermarkets in amongst all this coronavirus anxiety to see some pretty selfish behavior going on. You even spoke about how these selfish motivations can sometimes be so dominant that they even squeeze into those moments where we are seemingly being others focused. So there's clearly a tension for us between being focused on the other and being focused on the self. And that leads us into our first question. How can we be others focused in a world that says that we are the main character? Well, absolutely. You know, kind of what you've, you've raised there are, are the things I think that are, are key. And, and, and that is that our circumstance has a really big impact on our ability to respond in an other, others focused way. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, unless we pay attention to it, because we as well, you know, we talked in this value series about being shaped by our values, the things that are important to us. Mm. But we are also shaped by our circumstance. We're shaped by the things that happen around us and the context we find ourselves in. And, and you're right, the nature of the kind of global uh, epidemic m- has raised the levels of hysteria for mm. people. And I think, you know, as I spoke about on Sunday at the heart of this, I think, is fear. And 
And we as human beings will so easily slip into fear, so easily slip into uh, a kind of reaction to the world around us mm. that uh, that is driven by fear. And unless we pay attention, and I think unless we invite uh, God into that space of fear and we kind of fix our eyes upon him, we'll descend into that. But but that actually that there is a, a way out and that that centers on us paying attention to God, fixing our eyes upon him, placing mm. our, our trust in him. And and I think at times like this in our society, we are genuinely invited into that in a you know, really significant, real way. Mm, yeah, I think, you know, this whole idea that the world makes us the main character, I've kind of been thinking about this. And, and, and I think the world would be quick to kind of say, oh, you know, we do need to be others focused. You know, we hear these stories, they go up on social media and we kind of, lift them up and go, yeah, like, let's celebrate that. We should all be like that. But at the same time, there are so many things in our world that really emphasize the fact that, no, you need to be worried about yourself. Like social media, again, like it's just a perfect example of it's all about keeping up with the status quo. It's all about projecting a certain type of life. And it's about what you get out of it. It's not necessarily sharing things for the sake of other people. It's sharing for your own your own glory really and i think this is exactly what jesus challenges you know in matthew 5 in jesus's greatest sermon ever he speaks about blessed are the persecuted and mm. and he invites us into a countercultural space he invites us to be people who aren't uh, under the influence of the world but actually are are influenced by a heavenly father and and live differently live against the stream mm. rocks how do you think that this works for us practically? Well, um, just what Mark was saying about circumstances. I mean, we're currently living in corona, you know, mm. virus. Um, but like our life circumstances just ordinarily play into this as well because, yep. mm. you know, there are going to be times and seasons in your life where being others focused is actually going to be very difficult. Uh, like I know at the moment you've got a small child at home, yeah. uh, you're not sleeping, and it's actually really hard to have these grandiose ideas of how you can serve, you know, wash one another's feet type of service where maybe in this season in in your life God is actually calling you into smaller acts of other focused service you know small everyday acts of obedience which you can be others focused in that aren't these big grandiose plans and and, and giant um, projects that you need to take on but are just in the small daily steps of obedience of putting others first listening to other people before you open your own mouth to share your own story so just um circumstances can be can change according to you know where you're at in your life mm. you know your your role your your job how busy you are uh, at uni so yeah. good to keep that in mind too and I love what you just said there, Rox, this idea that, you know, being others focused can be a bit of a spectrum yeah. and that's actually okay. I think we all have this picture in our mind mm. of, you know, being the mother Teresa of our day. And, and sometimes that's not what we're being called into. Sometimes that's not what is required of us, but, you know, I'm reminded of something that Raider says, even when he's not here, you, you feel his voice. Um, <laughs> Of like, if you can't do it in the small things, you'll never do it in the big. And I think yeah. being others yeah. focused is exactly that context. If you can't be others focused in the small, then you'll never do it in the big. No. Um, mm. And so identifying what you can do now, rather than waiting, rather than putting it off, what can you do now? What little piece of others focused service can you be a part of today 
and, and kind of starting to exercise that muscle a little bit so that when the opportunity comes to be really others focused, whatever that looks like, you're actually ready. You've prepared. You you know what that looks like. Mm. Yeah. And it leads to life too, Matt. That's mm. the other thing about being others focused. Um, when I think about this, I'm, I'm always reminded of the picture of the, the Dead Sea in Israel. And, mm. you know, we all know the Dead Sea. You can walk in there and float because it's so filled with salt. And the, the only reason that it is um, so dead is is not because of the inlet. It's actually because there is no outlet. Mm. Um, all the Dead Sea does is receive, 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 receive. It's all about the Dead Sea and it doesn't have any outlet to, to be able to flow the water out. So it just becomes this dead place. Nothing lives there, nothing grows there yeah. because it is not giving out. And I don't want to live the kind of life where I'm like the Dead Sea. You know, I mm. want to be vibrant, mm. I want to be full of life. And, and that will happen as I give out what, what God has given to me freely, as I, you know, receive love from the Lord, then I give love to others and I, um, you know, God put me first, I can put others first. Then that will flow through me and I will become somebody that is life-giving, not life-taking. What a great image. Well, moving on. So, Mark, a big aspect of this value is putting others first, kind of creating that space where we are secondary and and our focus is really on the other. So rather than always kind of jumping in with what we know, our own ideas and what we've experienced, we want to be allowing space for the other. But I guess the issue for us is that we believe that through Jesus, we receive some answers about this life. And that leads us into our second question. If being others-focused means not responding to people's problems with situations that have worked for us, then how do we go about sharing with non-believers that what they really need is Jesus? Well, I think that a lot of this comes down to how you understand the call to share the gospel with people. And I'm not a teacher uh, and I'm not a counsellor either, but my understanding of of teaching theory and and also counselling theory is that actually self-discovery is a much more effective way of learning. It's a much Mm. more effective way of people kind of grasping something and it becoming a part of how how they live and, and, you know, the way that they think. And I think that for a long time we have heard or the church has heard the call to evangelism as we must tell people the gospel. Mm. And uh, and I, I feel that that can be... There are opportunities for speaking out the truth of yeah. who Jesus is, but, but more often I would say that uh, we're invited into a space where we reveal the gospel to people. Mm. And... Uh, and that, I think, looks a lot more like coming alongside people and sharing stories of where you've seen God at work in your own life. Uh, and, yeah, sharing stories of where you've seen God at work in the lives of those in Scripture as well. But we're not telling people. We are revealing to people what it is. And I think that requires us to listen first. Yeah. And I, I love that because I think sometimes we can think we've we've only got this moment, like this time, this space – but the whole idea of being others focused is is going on a journey with them. Mm. And so you you've got more time than than maybe you give yourself credit for. And so you don't need to come in with all the answers at first. You can just spend that time opening up space and and creating safety and vulnerability so that maybe later down the track you're given an opportunity to kind of share 
your own experiences, particularly when it comes to sharing who Jesus is. Rox, how would this play out in your life? Look, um, Matt, I think um, you've really hit upon a, a really important point there. We are the only gospel that some people will ever read. People mm. aren't going to open the scriptures, but they are going to read our lives um, and discern what God is, you know, if, if there even is a God, what, you know, in their perspective, what God is doing in our lives. Um, so if we're going to be others focused, yes, we do have a responsibility to to share the gospel lived out gospel but there's also other aspects of of sharing Jesus I mean if we were others focus we would be you know spending significant amounts of time in prayer for those people and Mm. um, fasting and and journaling and and even weeping over our friends about their eternity and um, and really allowing God to um, to stir up our spirit to stir up our heart um, so that we can intercede for those people Mm. that's another way that we can be others focused in prayer Mm. um, pleading before the Lord for their salvation it's more than just it's, it's more, more than, than just the words you say. Yeah, I mean, is. that is important and you can't, um, you don't want to put your foot in it and do mm. the wrong thing, but you know, there's a lot more that goes on um, underneath the surface that, that God pays attention to and that God honours as yeah. well. Maybe we don't give that stuff enough credit. We really do need to give uh, the Spirit of God credit for working in that space. And I think, you know, a lot of that is about kind of taking time to pause and, you know, the kind of the practical steps that we engage with on, on Sunday night is that, you know, if you pause and you listen well, um, that actually you are inviting people to be uh, more honest with you. You're inviting a kind of depth of conversation with people because, you know, if you listen to people, they are more likely to share something that's deeper and than if they feel like they're being spoken over or, mm. you know, uh, or not given airtime. And, and I think, you know, of course, if we never say anything about what it means to live a life following Jesus, then people aren't going to get that. Like, yeah. we can't be entirely cryptic about it. But it seems to me that we have a tendency to go in kind of all guns blazing rather than with our ears wide open. Mm. Um, and that, that actually the depth, the quality of those conversations is going to be far richer if we're, we're coming in with that, that, you know, that openness that mm. says, I want to hear from you first rather yeah. than here's something you must know. Yeah. And I think we need to remember that the God that we follow is a relational God. Like when we look at the Trinity, we see three parts working together, um, being very others focused mm. in in all that God does. And and as followers of Jesus, as believers in Jesus, that is the example that we have. So it is a far more relational approach rather than an informative approach, if that makes sense. One of my favorite verses, and I, I feel like this in many ways has formed a lot of my ministry um, is Revelation twelve eleven, and it speaks about how um, the people of God overcame uh, the work of the enemy by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And mm-hmm. and I love how uh, that invites everyone to have a role in the communication in its widest sense of the gospel, because we all have got a story. We've all got a story of mm-hmm. where God has been at work in our lives. And, and that's in some ways, that's kind of the undeniable truth because you can go in with, you know, facts and, and figures for people and they, they can dispute them. But if you're saying, hey, look, this is what happened in my life. This is mm. the way that God has changed and mm. shaped me. Then that is something that people go, oh, wow, like I want to hear more about that. Yeah. 
tell me more. And, and, you know, I love that. I love how we're invited into that. Mm. And when we can get into that space, that's when we see lives changed, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. You can't argue with somebody else's lived experience, Mm. even in a post-truth world. You know, that story is still so significant. Mm. We probably need to use them a little bit more then. Finally, as we wrap up, Mark, coming out of your message, Jodine, who led our service on Sunday, reflected that she at times can be too others focused and that that can be detrimental. Um, you know, she spends so much time pouring out into other people that she then turns around and finds that she's empty. And I don't think that she would be alone in that. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who have experienced that in some way, shape or form. And so that brings us to our third and final question for today. How do we maintain self-care and self-awareness while being others-focused? Well, I want to be really kind of sensitive with the answer to this this question because I think the first step I would say is, and it's this is something that's come up in all of our other, you know, chats about our values, is about this kind of self or internal audit. Mm. And uh, you know, and I touched on this in you know, my kind of illustrations at the beginning of my message is that it's, it is easy to be serving people and to be doing those things that on the face of it seem like they're others focused, but, but underneath, whether knowingly or unknowingly, are, are actually in part about us. And, you know, absolutely not make any specific comments about Jodine, but but we need to be able to examine ourselves and go, am I doing this? Am I doing this act of service or am I speaking these words of love from a, a desire to gain approval mm-hmm. and or, or that I'm trying to fulfill a, a deeper need within me? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it's what is so important is, you know, and I think what is a part of the whole pause space is examining internal motive. And, you know, and we're not going to be able to do that every time in every given situation, but actually going, okay, I need to take some time to examine where my heart's at, carve some time in your week out to do that. And and go, actually, do I know the depth of God's love for me? Mm-hmm. Am I living my life serving others out of a position of knowing that I am I'm deeply loved? Mm-hmm. And that and that you know, kind of God is my resource for loving others because we will quickly find that if we are serving out of our own resource, if we're serving from our kind of our own bucket of love, Mm. then we're going to run dry quickly. We have to daily come back to the source. You know, Rock's talked about the Dead Sea earlier. Like we we have to know who we're connected to. We have Mm. to know where that source for loving others comes from. And and that is that's a self care thing, and that does require us to spend a bit of time thinking about ourselves. But I genuinely believe that when we do that, we are invited into a space uh, to recognise the depth of God's resourcing for us that mm. we might be able to be these kinds of people. Mm. Absolutely. When you get on a plane, they always tell you, you know, to affix your own mask before you have to affix the mask of the people on the other side, you know, children, etc. And this is no different. You must take care of your own identity, your own motive to know who your identity is in Christ before you're able to help somebody else. Mm. Can I throw a bit of a curveball in there though with a a sub-question, so to speak? It's not part of the big three. This is off book. But if we're being others-focused but our whether it's intentionally or not, our motivations aren't in line with God, does that mean we don't 
act upon it? Does that mean we shouldn't be others focused in that moment? And I think we can only work with what we've got. So we can only work with what we know and are aware of about ourselves. Mm. And and I and I do think that, you know, there's absolutely an argument for kind of modeling encouraging behavior within us. So mm. so yes, we are intentional about taking time to read our Bible or pray even if we don't feel like doing that. Mm. Because actually what we see time and time again is that that cultivates the desire for that within mm. it. And there's a little bit of chicken and egg there. But so of course, you know, there are going to be things that we will do without pure motive. And mm. the importance here is awareness. Yeah. You know, being aware of what's going on there. That shouldn't stop us from engaging. Yeah, I would, I would back that up. Um, also, to when Jesus was talking to his disciples about being great and about being first in the kingdom, he didn't um, negate their desire to be first in the kingdom. He didn't say to them, you shouldn't want to be um, mm. first in the kingdom. What he actually said is, if you want to be first, mm. then you must learn to be the servant of all. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't negate it. He actually flipped it. He flipped the script, turned it upside down and, and said, this is how you are. This is how you are first, by being the servant. Mm. And kind of invited people into that audit, which we've been talking yeah. about for weeks. And mm. I think, you know, I, I think it's that's a helpful clarification because, you know, I definitely know that I come into spaces where I'm serving and, you know, and and my motivations aren't always pure. Mm. Like sometimes I just, I don't want to be there, but it's my job. And so I want to keep my job. And so I'm, I'm there. Um but, you know, I think that's the opportunity to take that audit and kind of go, okay, so things aren't aligned. I don't want to get to that point of being empty. So I need to bring this to God and 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 be filled up by him. And for me, that is precisely the importance and the role of the Holy Spirit because mm. we don't gain that kind of self-awareness on our own. You know, that is the kind of, that's the knowledge of God. That's wisdom. That is mm. God at work leading us. And uh, and we can know all the theory. We can know that the Bible encourages us to be those who put others first and serve others. But actually, it's the Holy Spirit at work within us that, that changes us, that forms that attitude within us such that it becomes a part of who we are. Yeah, I would, I would agree. With, um, just to add one extra element to um, the Holy Spirit being the one who forms us, we're actually called to be formed within community mm. and mm. to build one another up. Mm. And, um, and we, we want to see growth. We want to see um, you know, our church grow, not just numerically, obviously, but we want to see um, personal growth yeah. um, in, in, in absolutely every area. And so by allowing others to speak into our life, maybe to go and see a counsellor or get some coaching to, mm. to examine those motives, because it's difficult. It's almost impossible to do that by yourself. That's mm. why we are called to be the body of believers. So uh, asking somebody to, to, to journey with you, to speak into your life, to help you examine those motives so that you can be in a, a position of strength and humility to serve others. That's powerful stuff. That's really important. Mm. I just feel more and more affirmed that if these values, being others focus included, do become kind of our natural stance as a community, just, you know, watch this space, I reckon. It's going to be huge. Amazing. Mm. Very exciting stuff. Well, Mark, Rox, thanks so much for coming in today and sharing your thoughts. It's been, it's been awesome. If you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure you're there at our 6 p.m. service on Sundays and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, 
Take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember that there's no thought too small, no question too big.